you don't need the next new thing. You don't need to keep looking outward and get more and more fancy, glossy tips and tricks from outside. You can just take care of yourself by trusting yourself a little bit more. It's that continuous connection with that deep wisdom in yourself and that deep wise voice within is always saying you can totally do this keep going what's the next big thing for you so yeah i guess the spiritual mind body practices are the things that allow us to connect with that voice and to really hear what our inner wisdom has the least scared part of yourself has to say this is my dear friend and nutritional therapist clara much Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Woke and Wired, where we talk about the infinite possibilities of today's digital world to create success, fulfillment, and positive impact. We talk about spiritual practices in the context of entrepreneurship and the unstoppable magic that you create when you combine intuition with smart strategy. While I started having these conversations in real life, inspired by the success that Breakfast Criminals, my online digital platform and my business have had, I feel like this podcast is really getting a life of its own and becoming its own entity, and I'm very excited about it. As my guests, I like to bring conscious entrepreneurs who seem to have cracked the code of being a woke person in this wired world. I also do solo episodes, and I have a lot more coming end of this year and 2020, and I'm very open to your suggestions and any kind of questions that you wish me to cover please send me a DM at Woke and Wired and let me know what entrepreneurial consciousness, spiritual practices, mindset, money, anything really, what questions you have that I can be of service in answering for you. When it comes to the people I interview on the podcast, it's a combination of people I've never met but have been watching online and feel deeply inspired by and moved by and want to have a conversation with. Hint, hint, having a podcast is a fantastic way to get connected and possibly even mentored by some of the people you never thought you would get access to in your lifetime. And that's what it's been for me. But then on the other hand, I also love bringing in people I have a personal relationship with, people that have deeply impacted my own spiritual journey as an entrepreneur. Because yes, Business is a spiritual journey and social media can be a manifestation tool that can help you attract opportunities that you didn't know were available to you. I touch on these subjects on most of the episodes, but there's also lots of solo episodes where I share my own story and explain a little more what I'm talking about and offer you actionable steps to implementing it into your own life and of course business. In 2020, I'm going to have many more online offerings on WokenWire.com, downloads, audio files, maybe even videos guiding you through all the things that I know about combining your personal development journey with your business with social media. 
So if you're not yet subscribed, then head over to WokenWire.com and drop your email in the sign up box. And I will be letting you know all the things that are coming up so that in 2020, your highest vision for yourself as a human being and as a soul gets fully aligned with how you put yourself out there online and with how you make money. Social media has given me the opportunities to travel the world, to connect with amazing people, to do what I love and get paid for it and have the freedom to work on my own schedule from wherever I want in the world. So I know that if it's possible for me, an immigrant from Russia who only dreamed of this life as a teenager watching MTV shows, I know it's possible for you too. I am very, very excited for you to meet Clara Munch. She's someone who has had a profound impact in who I am, how I show up in the world, how I allow myself to be with my feelings. And she has also taught me that the only right way to do things is the way that feels right for you. Clara is a nutritional therapist that is currently based in Namibia in Southern Africa, and she has lived, studied, and worked in the UK, Europe, South Africa, and most recently New York, where she was one of the founding health coaches and the director of content at Parsley Health. Today, Clara consults in person and online to individuals, corporates, and groups on retreats. She also writes for a number of leading wellness publications and hosts mind-body reset programs. Clara's approach to health and wellness is very refreshing and inclusive, as you will feel right away from this episode. She's wholeheartedly dedicated to helping people heal themselves holistically from head to toe without deprivation, restriction, or struggle. Clara is trained in neurolinguistics, functional medicine, nutritional science, mindfulness meditation, and strala yoga, all of which are incorporated into her work. I am intentionally releasing this episode the week of Thanksgiving when a lot of you are spending time with your families and a lot of triggers around family and food might be surfacing for you. My intention with this episode is that you find new pathways to trust yourself and to be present for yourself, to feel more feelings and learn from Clara. She has some really solid tips and tools in her arsenal of learning how to be confident and be friends with your body, be that through food, movement, or mindset. This conversation is also very international, hosted by a Russian living in America, interviewing a Namibian who was at the time in South Africa and has lived all over the world. Get ready to get real, expand what's possible, and feel more connected to yourself. I would love to hear from you about any takeaways you have from the show. Please take a screenshot to the episode you were listening to and tag at Woken Wired and at Both Sides Buttered, which is Clara's awesome Instagram handle. It's a lot of fun. And the reason why I thought this conversation is so important to share is because how can we talk about being a confident, intuitive, present entrepreneur who is successful if you can't be present in your own body? So in this episode, we go back to the foundation of finding peace in your own body. And through becoming more intuitive with how you eat, with how you move, that being the access to being a more intuitive entrepreneur. Here's Clara Mudge. Enjoy this episode. 
All right, so many questions for you, Clara. First of all, yeah, what kind of tea are you drinking right now? It happens to be, I almost said chamomile, but then I knew you'd comment on my accent. So it's chamomile, chamomile tea. And why do you have an accent? Because I've lived everywhere in the world, basically, and I'm Namibian. I'm just, I'm Namibian, but I have what you would call a South African accent because I don't think you know many people from Namibia. Um, and then there's got a bit of like British infused in it and American and it's going to get very messy in this recording because your accent's going to rub off on me any minute and it's a very confused <laughs> very confused accent as long as both sides stay buttered will be good <laughs> nice so did you know that Siri actually has an option of having a South African accent no yeah I just discovered it the other day yeah oh I'd love to hear that but it's probably very like like this like a lot of like South African people, no offense to any of them, but they talk a lot like this. So it's probably pushing that level of South African. Well, why don't you check and tell me? I will. That's the first thing I'm going to do when we're done. So we've been texting for a couple of hours. You were driving, you had a crazy day, and then you messaged me and you said, can we move it a little bit? I want to take a few minutes to center myself. What does that look like for you? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So... I mean, it looks like different things, you know, usually, but very funny that you asked because in this instance, there's a rebounder in the house, which I've neglected for ages. And I took it out the other day for the first time in literally months and months. So when I walked into the house just now, I just jumped on the trampoline on the little rebounder and was jumping up and down. And it felt like such a nice release because I just wasn't feeling you know, usually I would sit down and take a few deep breaths, but that, but I had so much like energy and pent up traffic vibes and work and all of that. So jumping was the thing I did to center myself this time. I, that's never happened before. Very Tony Robbins. Oh, really? Is he a rebounder? Very Tony Robbins of you. Okay. I totally get it. It felt great. I was laughing while doing it. Yeah. Tony Robbins is a rebounder behind the stage at his, okay. you know, crazy events Yeah, so that he can come back into his body and re-energize all the cells while he's giving away so much energy. I get that. I definitely get that. Okay. So now that you've have your chamomile, you've been rebounded, sounds pretty centered. And you also just changed your Instagram bio to make sure that we get the right thing on the podcast. Yes, I did. <laughs> just in time. That's very proactive of you. You know, everyone gets caught so off guard, but I love that you were prepared. So first, let's start with the name. And if you guys want to follow along, it's both sides buttered. What the hell does that mean? It's changed its meaning over the years. But way back when I started this little Instagram account, I want, I thought it was very cool and unique of me that I was kind of bringing flavor, fun, like real life living into the typically pristine health space. So for me, I always thought like a healthy person was a perfect person that drank green juice, usually the ballerina types, or at least a dancer, very much in shape, had their shit together, like all of that stuff. And I wanted to be a healthy person that was also kind of normal, air quotes. That was one side of it, is that it would be healthy, but also delicious and fun and enjoyable, you know, and pleasurable. And then the other side of it was because I was studying this at the time, I was studying the actual science behind healthy eating and healthy living. My promise was kind of to always offer the evidence base. So I would give both sides of the story and make sure that there was a strong scientific component to everything I recommended. That makes sense. 
Yeah, but you say the word normal, and you're a person who grew up in Namibia, a country most people don't know about, on a farm where bulls of gigantic sizes are raised. There's nothing normal about you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So the concept of normal itself, that's kind of skewed and very subjective. Exactly. That's why I put it in quotes, because I guess what I mean by that is, is just that thing of, I don't now, after all these years, I don't think that there is a perfect health and there is, you know, what I meant by normal is I still go out. I haven't removed the fun from my life. There is a lot of typically what people would perceive as bad things still in my life and I'm healthier than I've ever been. So I guess what I mean by normal is haven't removed myself from daily living. I don't follow any restrictive anything. And so I managed to still live a relatively normal life whilst being very healthy in my mind and my body. So how did you get into the whole healthy thing? Since a very young age, I really loved eating and cooking a lot. I was obsessed with eating and cooking. If it was up to me, I'd eat the whole day and I would always be in the kitchen helping my parents cook food or whatever. And that was fine. That was that worked out for me until I went to university, gained a bunch of weight and realized, oh, something's got to give. I can't keep eating and cooking because now my body's changed. And so that kind of led me into, you know, getting more smart about eating and cooking and fig- and realizing, oh, it's it actually has consequences for my body. And how can I keep being obsessed about food, turn my obsession into my profession and actually you know, figure out how food can be therapeutic and how it, how I can eat constantly in a sustainable way. So that was that was kind of how I got into it. This was like a 10 second version of probably years of self-discovery and finding peace with yourself, finding peace with food. Because for me, you know, I'll be honest, and I've been honest about this before. For me, the interest in healthy food started with very vain reasons of wanting to feel skinny and wanting to have clear skin. And as a result, as I thought, that was the pathway to being sexy, being beautiful, being wanted, and being loved and being accepted. Which is, by the way, if you're listening and you think that's still true, I'm here to tell you it's completely wrong. But that was my pathway to discovering flaxseed and rice cakes and balance and working out, all of it. 100%. Actually, also yoga, which is what brought us together. Yes. No, absolutely. I mean, I think I was like, oh gosh, I'm so glad you bring up yoga. Cause like hundred percent to your previous point of like my entry point into health, which is such rubbish. Like it's not my entry point into this health space was I wanted to be skinny. I wanted to be beautiful. It was purely vain. I was fat and I wanted to figure out how to be skinny. And then, you know, and then I became interested in health. And I also was at a loss for like, I was so obsessed with food. I was on this restriction binge cycle with food and I remember that's how I discovered Tara Styles because I was googling something and eventually landed on her yoga to be calm sexy and slim and then you like go deeper and deeper into Tara's vibe and you realize you know it's so much more than that but yeah just exactly like you say I definitely came at it from a point of vanity and desperation for not getting the physical outer results that I wanted and yeah, as you say as well, it's turned out to be so much more than that. And it's definitely not the way to find confidence is definitely not through your food or through yoga. What is it? What is it then? 
oh man, it's a million things. And it's, it's the opposite of controlling what you eat. And it's the opposite of controlling every aspect of your life. In fact, the need to, to control is what, what is the problem, you know? So it's a lot of surrendering and connecting to yourself in a more loving way and kind of radically accepting yourself as you are in this very moment without wanting to change anything about yourself. I think that's where it begins. Yeah. I remember, you know, you at some point were my health coach and I already knew you closely as a friend. But then when we opened up the relationship of you actually passing down different, very specific tools to me, that was life-changing for me. And I remember when we were sitting at Hugh Kitchen and I was feeling sad about something. And normally in my life, because I've been brought up in my head with this idea, I have to be nice. I have to look nice. I can't take too much attention. I didn't know that it was okay to cry to express your emotions. So I remember sitting there in Hugh Kitchen and you just gave me the permission to cry it all out. And I did over my, you know, almond crusted chicken nuggets, probably. And it was so liberating. And that moment changed my life. So when you talk about surrender and accepting your emotions, that's just one piece of it. But how do you do it daily on a day to day basis? What are some maybe tools or books or practices that have helped you practice that? Mm, that's such a good question. And first of all, thank you for saying that and for remembering that moment. It really means so much to me to hear that and to have been there with you in that moment. I also remember it like it was yesterday. And yeah, you know, I'm still learning this stuff every single day as I go. I preach um, letting your emotions come out and not holding anything in and feeling all the feelings, but I find it very difficult to practice that as well. And it is absolutely a daily reminder. And some of the things that I do on a daily basis, I think that that moment of becoming still and connecting with your body is, is such a valuable thing. I can, I'm now at a point where I can feel where in my body I feel I'm holding on to a little bit of tension or worry or, you know, where there's a kind of a block. And usually the easiest way is just to acknowledge really you don't even have to think of a solution just the mere fact that you're placing your attention on whatever it is you're doing like okay I'm tightening up my neck and shoulders because I can feel tightness there and just knowing that automatically helps you to release that just a little bit and often that's enough sometimes you can send a nice deep rejuvenating breath into your body movement helps so so much like the rebounding or just moving your body in some kind of way that feels good you and I learned that at Strala, and it's something I really have carried with me through my daily life. Journaling is amazing as well for those expression release moments, but I find it quite difficult still to journal. I can't get away from the dear diary image I have of journaling. I'm struggling with that, but it, it does help a lot. The few times that I have actually sat down and journaled, it's been amazingly powerful. I think that's about it, just pausing and connecting with yourself. Sometimes it helps to close your eyes, take your attention inwards. And just one deep breath, I guess. Yeah. I think we get so caught up with techniques that we forget that it's those simple things. They only work when practiced. So as you were talking about scanning your body and feeling what's going on, I literally got present to what's happening in my body for the, and in my heart for the first time today. So it's just that one breath at a time. Yeah. And we... 
you know, like you say, we are so hardwired for novelty. We love a like nicely packaged technique that's being offered to us. And we're so hungry for all these new tricks and new hacks and new techniques, but we actually know what to do. And it's usually the very unsexy, unglamorous stuff that we already know, the real basics, like you just said, the best practice is the one you're going to actually practice, you know? Yes. And in terms of journaling, I totally hear what you're saying. The the framework that has really helped me is at night, I take out my journal right before I fall asleep and I just start writing down things I'm grateful for. And they might not make sense to anyone but me. And I find that just having that framework actually makes me get present to way more than things I'm grateful for. And that's my way of opening up that tap that otherwise I don't find the time in my day to connect to. I love that so much. I really do. That's a very cool non-woo-woo approach to journaling because we know that just feeling grateful sounds so simple but like you say it goes way further than that and there's new research that came out I think might have been this week of how experiencing the thought of gratitude actually affects your brain and affects neuroplasticity and I think increases the gray matter of your brain which is amazing you know is getting the science behind this stuff really helps us to to understand it and to to do it more often but yeah I love that I'm, I'm gonna do that I'm gonna commit to a few days in a row of just like jotting down a few things that were that worked for me that day I love that yeah I know in the kind of non-science community in the high vibe community that's been said for such a long time that gratitude and in breakfast criminals community too I say it all the time gratitude is the fastest way to shift your vibration so that's one way of saying it, another way of saying it is, oh, it increases your gray matter. So I think each one of us has the right to pick and choose whatever works for them. But the fact remains the same. Every single day, there is more research proving that our thoughts become our reality. And I'm actually reading Joe Dispenza and doing some of his meditations now. And he's such a pioneer in the field of researching how meditation impacts our brain and how we can create anything we want, our reality, our health, our well-being from scratch just by being present and creating those quiet pockets of time to give our bodies opportunity to heal. Yeah, totally. And to be clear about an intention, you know, it's very cool. Okay, so Clara, what is it that you actually do? Let's see, your Instagram bio. No, I could never figure out what this thing means, so maybe you can explain. The B-S-C-H-O-N-S, Nutritional Therapist. Let's start there. So that's uh, Bachelor of Science is the B-S-C. That's the degree. And I studied that until honors level. So that's a Bachelor of Science honors in nutritional therapy. And so that is a university degree. It is a four-year degree that had various subjects ranging from biology, physiology, chemistry, biochemistry. So studying the human body, studying all the systems in the human body, and then studying a lot of the nutritional science and figuring out how nutrients affect your expression of health. Yeah, so that's what I studied. So is nutritional therapist a combination of nutritionist and a therapist? Well, the therapy part just comes in because it looks as food as having a therapeutic benefit. So there is a little bit, the only, there, I mean, that's, that's why it's called nutritional therapy is it's acknowledging that food actually has a therapeutic power and they're, you know, in our clinical skills. So we do learn a lot in like 
different coaching modalities and how to, you know, affect behavior change and help people to actually get clear on what it is they want. So there's a lot of that. There is the classical therapy in the sense that you mean it, but really it means just how does food and certain micronutrients and macronutrients affect health in a very like tangible way. So in terms of what you put in and what you get out. Mm. All right. Next line of your Instagram bio, functional medicine, fearless diet, free eating, taker of deep breaths. And then it says London, NYC, Cape Town, Namibia. So what is it that you actually do on a day-to-day basis? Okay, cool. So a lot of people ask me that. Um, I What I do on a day-to-day basis for work is I spend a lot of my time writing about health in very layman's terms that are easy to read and understand. So I take the complicated sciencey stuff and I write a blog post about it. I do this for a genetics testing company in Cape Town, create a lot of content for them and help them just get, so their stuff is very complex science. We're talking like MTFHR gene and APOE4 and a lot of very, very scientific, difficult to grasp concepts. And they're trying to communicate how your genes affect your health. And so I do that most of the time. That's becoming more and more of what I do. Apart from that, I also see some clients online. So where I do nutritional therapy with them and help people to just begin to feel more comfortable about comfortable and empowered and sort of confident around how to manage their diet and what to eat and just how to sort of start feeling better and start understanding the confusing world of nutrition. So I see a few clients one-on-one. A lot of them are online. And then I also teach yoga at a studio in Vintuk, and I have a few one-on-one yoga clients. And then I have also done a few sort of corporate yoga classes and corporate mindfulness workshops and given some talks to companies on how to just increase productivity in the workplace and things like that. So the bulk of my time is spent on writing content for this genetics testing company. And then I do a bit of you know, the other stuff I just mentioned. So that's what my life has been for the last few months now. And it does keep changing, but that's most of it. Yeah. Out of all the things, what's making you feel woke right now? Hmm. What's making me feel woke? So define what you mean by woke. Excited, alive, inspired, driven. Mm. So when you said all those words, I guess it is, it's really all of the things that I just mentioned. It's I feel very inspired and driven from this this genetics testing company. I'm very, very interested in nutrigenomics, how nutrients affect the expression of our genes, how our genes are not our destiny, and there's so much that we can change about the way we move, eat, think that actually affects our genetic expression. And this company that I'm involved in in Cape Town is really at the forefront of that, and they're super ambitious and they're teaching me so much. I'm very inspired by everyone I work with. So they're making me feel super woke on a cognitive level. And then physically and spiritually, what makes me feel the most woke is when I guide a yoga class and when I have a group of moving, breathing bodies around me and I can just feel that we're all centered and we're all just connecting to that very wise, calm, beautiful, infinite place within us. 
And so, yeah, that's, I guess that's my answer. It makes me want to take your class right now. Let's do it. It's interesting to me that you continue teaching yoga. And what I also want to get into is that you've lived all over the world doing different kinds of work. Guide me through. You finished, you got your degree. And then what happened? Got my degree and became, so there was a huge functional medicine systems biology aspect to my degree you know, a lot of like root cause investigation and the kind of medical health care that, that really is investigative and takes time and wants to get to the root cause of symptoms rather than suppressing them. And I became very interested in that space, started reading up about all the doctors in that world, also realizing the strong mental and psychological component of health, which led me to yoga. You have traveled to all these places and worked in very different roles with very cool and innovative companies all over the world. So how does someone from Namibia end up being a world traveler and working for some of the world's most innovative companies? Oh my goodness. First of all, with a lot of privilege. So it's not all dreams and manifestations. It is being very, very lucky to have a huge safety net behind me. And that in itself definitely helps your your dreaming capacity. So I'm fully aware of the fact that I didn't just wish my way to New York and into Parsley Health. I had the financial means and I had a lot of people who sacrificed a lot to get me there. But from for the rest of it, <laughs> I guess I I was always ambitious and I always wanted to learn as much as I can. And I always wanted to have a very cool career path. And I was always very clear about that since a very young age. I was extremely lucky to work alongside Robin Burson at Parsi Health as it was just starting up. I learned so, so much during that time. Really got a lot of confidence from that experience because I was thrown into the deep end. Had to learn very fast. That was just the most amazing thing. And then when I realized that, you know, I no longer wanted to be in New York and I needed to come back to Namibia. Then I just, again, found this amazing company through a series of very fortunate events, found this startup in the health tech space in Cape Town and started doing amazing work for them. So I don't know. I don't think there is an answer to how does someone like me from Namibia make it to all these wonderful opportunities. I think it's a combination of having an amazing support system, being clear on how it is you want to feel, like being very ambitious and reminding yourself to dream big often, I guess, as cheesy as that sounds. And yeah, just applying yourself as much as you can, (laughs) I guess. There's so many, so many little things that contributed to me getting to do the things I've done. I just think about all the lessons I've learned along the way. The little things are like those moments when I questioned myself so much and for some reason something or someone picked me up. I mean, you, I just, just saying that, just thinking about people that nudged me into positive direction, people that built up my confidence, people that encouraged me. You're one of those people. You encouraged me to start my blog. You often encouraged me to keep going and get things out and acknowledge that I have something to share. So when I say little things, I mean those little moments in life, those encounters with people that really built me up, encouraged me to keep going. And there are so many of those people and I hope they know who they are, but it's just, it's those little things. It's the lessons, the hard lessons 
the people who encouraged me, the parents who told me to go for it, those lucky moments when I met the right people at the right time and they offered me the chance to learn from them and to be certain to be in their company. So those are the little things, I guess, the little yoga practices that help me to have the confidence to keep going, you know. Are you able, can you pinpoint the things in your life that have brought you to where you are? Or do you also find it as hard as I do? I would probably pinpoint to different spiritual practices, spiritual, physical, emotional, you know, just choosing to continue throwing myself into the depths of trainings and classes and things that really expand my mind and show me what's possible. Anything from yoga to qigong and reiki healing, going on retreats, investing in myself. I would say those are the things I continuously showing up for myself and trusting that there's always more outside of the container of what I already know. Oh, I love that. And it's, yeah, that's so, so true. It's that continuous connection with that deep wisdom in yourself. And that deep, wise voice within is always saying, you can totally do this. Keep going. What's the next big thing for you? So yeah, I guess the spiritual mind-body practices are the things that allow us to connect with that voice and to really hear what our inner wisdom has the least scared part of yourself has to say. So you've lived in so many different countries and cities and thrown yourself in brand new communities. And then you came back to living between South Africa and Namibia. What is one takeaway that comes top of mind from living globally and then returning to Namibia? So the way I interpret your question is, what do I do now in my life now that I'm back home? What do I feel is like my superpower or what is like the best thing I got from all of that travel and all of that experience? And how do I apply that to my life? Right. Or maybe even the prism through which... Is that what you meant? (laughs) I guess so. Or the prism through which you see the world now, which is essentially the same thing. So it's both the view and the actions. The view is... That's such a good question. And I don't want to jump on an answer. I guess the view is that the first thing that came to mind when you asked me that is not to take ourselves too seriously. Having seen how different people do different things and how it's all cool. Like I have so many examples of people that are so different and they all inspire me. I guess there, I don't think there is a right way to do anything. So that's one way I how I view things now is that whatever makes you excited and whatever works for you today is fine. And it doesn't have to be your method or your way every day. So I guess, yeah, the biggest lesson I think I've learned is to try every day to take full responsibility for my life and my mental state and everything about myself is to really take full ownership and full responsibility of that. That's something I'm continually working on. And I think I did learn it on my world travels, as you say, independence and self-reliance and knowing that it is both very scary and empowering to know that I am in charge of how I show up, how I feel and how I view the world. That's entirely up to me. And so that's something I'm working on a lot. And I also help you know, my clients through that process as well. And I think that I definitely did learn that by traveling and living in different places and working in different places. That's something I would say 
is a skill I sort of had to learn along the way, but I'm by no means an expert on it yet. I think I'm definitely still working on that every day. And if someone tells you they are an expert on that, that's not true. No one's an expert in anything. Yeah, true. Really, when it comes to emotional health or life lessons. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's true. So even though you're not an expert at that, I can personally attest to having learned a lot from you, starting with showing up fully and surrendering to my feelings and emotions. And then the list goes into understanding the power of a good vintage Levi's denim, um, also learning about feta sao in Williamsburg, the Brazilian barbecue that's served with sauerkraut. There's also Cafe Grumpy and another coffee shop in Brooklyn that has the best coffee that I can, a variety. That's right. That's right. I, you know, the, what I learned from you is even though I had been living in New York for longer than you when we met, both when we were doing yoga teacher training, how you were living it up and able to I, not just identify the best things, but also fall in love with them so much that your love would get contagious. And then I would just blindly trust that whatever Clara says is the best is the best. I would say that's a superpower because you are so in love with the moment of whether that's a thing or a person or an experience, you're so present for it that all there is, is love, both from you and whoever is in that experience with you. And you would take me on these Brooklyn tours and like, show me the vintage shops and the coffee shops. And I mean, I was in a New Yorker and I thought I knew it, but it's only when I started going on those adventures with you when I felt like I really got to know New York City. Oh my goodness. That's so, so nice to hear. Thank you. That's really, I really felt. So that's, that's just one aspect of it, right? That's New York City, but there's also the world of health or wellness, whether you like those words or not. You have a specific and quite rebellious approach to them. And I know you're committed to bringing a different perspective and a different voice to those things. So I want to go a little more into that because I know how committed you are to people just people's minds being blown when it comes to those subjects by opening them up to something that they might have not come across or just giving people access to seeing those things differently. So w when you go on Instagram, when you work with clients, when you write those articles, what do you see? What do you think people get wrong about health and wellness and taking care of themselves? Or perhaps what do you want them to know that they're not already considering? You're so good at these questions, girl. So what I want people to know that they might not realize, have realized before, is again, what I didn't realize before I really dove into this world was I didn't realize that I have so much of what I need already in me. And that sounds ultra uh, deep. Really what I mean is that you don't need the next new thing. You don't need to keep looking outward and get more and more fancy, glossy tips and tricks from outside. You can just take care of yourself by trusting yourself a little bit more. And so so these are the things I didn't know. I didn't know that I actually can make myself feel better without having to apply a ton of fancy techniques, without having to micromanage my diet. I didn't realize that I have much more than what I what I thought I had. I also didn't realize that joy and pleasure is a huge aspect to health. Having fun and laughing and really 
feeling good in your body is a very, very like nutritious emotion to have. I also want people to realize that there is no perfect diet and what works for the person that they're looking up to or following or trying to emulate isn't necessarily going to work for them. And that the, I don't know where we are, fourth or fifth thing I want people to realize is that health is cumulative. It builds up over time. So making very, very, very small adjustments to your diet and lifestyle over time builds health in the body. And we don't have to do a detox or a cleanse or something drastic, something that, you know, is a complete makeover to our lives. We can take what we have, where we are right now. Don't abandon the way you like to live. Don't label it as bad or negative. How you live now works for you. So just add tiny, clever, smart adjustments to the way you already live so that you can build health up over time in your body. And don't throw joy and pleasure out with the gluten you know keep that stuff in. keep happiness in if you're gonna eliminate dairy and gluten then just make sure you're not eliminating your personality and your ability to have fun as well because then you're really making life difficult for yourself so I guess that is what I want people to realize is that it's messy and complex and a cumulative process that keeps you know that you have to keep checking back in on reassessing there's no perfect arrival point and health looks very different on everybody right and even though we love all our wellness publications you can't possibly get all answers to all your health questions in one article written by someone else so i want to deconstruct a little bit some of the things clara you mentioned so the first one is those tiny clever adjustments so don't completely overhaul your life by a juice cleanse and just try to become a new person, which will probably lead you to failure and feeling even worse about yourself. So what are those tiny, clever adjustments that people can add to their existing lifestyle that can make them feel a little more energized and healthy? Yeah. So that is where like one-on-one work becomes magical because what I do in my work with clients is we talk about what are the things they enjoy in their life? How do they live from morning till night? What is it that they do? What is their natural rhythm? What are their natural inclinations and tendencies and preferences? Because those are the things we want to really dive into and make sure that we're not removing all of that stuff. So the little magic tweaks and tricks are finding ways to almost trick your body into thinking it's doing something on the bad naughty list. Meanwhile, it's not. It's actually something that's really good for you and rejuvenating and like you say, energizing. Can you give me an example of that? Yeah. So for example, what are the different ways that you kind of take a break from everything that you perceive to be pressure in your life? Name a few examples of how you might recharge in a way that you think is sort of a guilty pleasure for you. It's a great question. I really have taken the word guilt out of my dictionary when it comes to lifestyle choices and food choices. Yeah. And even if I eat something that a doctor might say is not good for me, I don't see it as guilty. You know, like last Mm -hmm. night we went out to a local ice cream shop and I got an ice cream that was not vegan, that was not sugar-free, that was all the cream and all the sugar. And I also got in a sugar cone. It was amazing. Am I feeling guilty for it? No, I'm not. So I don't know. I don't think of those things as bad for me. 
Okay, exactly. So you've done that level of work. And so a lot of people don't have that. So they have good days and bad days. And they have days when they're being, you know, healthy and doing all of the things right. And then they have days where they're not. And so what we want to do is like a cheat day. Exactly, exactly. Is completely removing cheat days. And what I would do with people is I'd say, so what do you do on your cheat day? Like, Let's look at that. Let's look at the things you do on your cheat day and let's have every day be a cheat day. But (laughs) we make sure that the things you're doing. So a very, very simplified example is if someone just loves lasagna, they just love a good lasagna and they, they find it so amazing and that's what they do on their cheat day. Then we would unpack that and we would say, okay, first of all, lasagna isn't going anywhere. We're going to keep lasagna in your diet. We're going to see how we can sneak some vegetables into it without you even noticing. We're going to find really good quality ingredients for your lasagna. We're going to celebrate lasagna. We're going to keep it on the table. And we're just going to look at how we're going to look at how you can enjoy that experience of eating lasagna even more, like make an occasion out of it, light candles, put it in a beautiful plate, share it with amazing friends and good conversation. Make it an occasion, take it away from the cheat day and like bring it into like the absolutely most celebrated day, you know, and we do this across the board. Like we look at how people enjoy their movement, like a lot of, so dancing is a good example. Like dancing is so much fun and it's, it's, it's such an easy way to get your heart rate up. It's such a joyful way to get your heart rate up to release emotions. So just making sure that the the way you move, the way you eat, the way you recenter yourself is really personalized to you and that everything is fun and joyful and like food is meant to be delicious. It is meant to be something that you really, really enjoy doing. It is more than just fueling your body. So we just really make sure that those tiny tweaks of healthy living is something that doesn't feel like a chore, but actually feels really much like like a joy and like something that you would already you know do for yourself yes so that leads me to the next thing I want to unpack it's that joy and pleasure and finding joy and pleasure both in the foods you're eating but also in how you're living your life and how you're moving your body what are some things that you see either come up a lot with clients or maybe even with yourself that have really helped you you mean like joyful things yeah Like, why do we forget to practice joy? Why do we forget to do things that bring us pleasure? Because we're too busy scrolling or what's in the way? Yeah, I think it's the whole like Western philosophy of no pain, no gain. And you have to, you know, you have to have sweat on your brow to prove that you deserved pleasure. So I just think it's a, it's a general Western philosophy. I don't, I don't know why we think we don't deserve pleasure, but it. And I mean, it's such a good question and it's a very, very big topic, but denying yourself pleasure is a very dangerous thing to do because it just really gets in your way. And I think examples of what I've seen of like having, connecting to your childlike self and just allowing more spontaneity and humor and lightheartedness to diffuse into your day, bringing playfulness back giving your body permission to move freely. And we do that in yoga a lot. And, you know, however you do that is fine. You don't have to do yoga. But it's just that moment every day of giving your body permission to move how it wants to move. That in itself is a therapeutic practice for sure. 
and again it's very personal so how I encourage people to explore the things that bring them joy is to think of what they just allow them to follow their impulses think of what they enjoyed doing as a kid a lot of it is like is like uninhibited expression whether that's like jumping screaming sprinting dancing you know it's it usually involves a combination of physical and verbal or audio expression uninhibited expression you know this is bringing me back to uh, some of the sessions that I had done with you back in the day. And I remember when I worked with you one-on-one, it's those questions that you ask and it's that space that you hold where everything goes. Even if before you thought, whoa, this, you know, like telling my health coach that jumping brings me joy. I mean, this, this is weird. She's going to think I'm crazy. But the space that you hold for people to just explore whatever it is that makes them alive is what gives them the courage to be more of themselves. Yeah, thank you for saying that. The thing that we actually didn't close close the loop on was the first thing when I asked you about health and wellness and what you want people to know, the first thing that you said, do you remember what it was? That they have everything they need inside of them, I think. Yeah, I guess it, it relates to it. What I wrote down is trusting yourself. So. When it comes to trusting yourself, it's such a, I mean, it's the foundation of everything, both the choices we make of what to eat, what jobs to take, what relationships to choose, really everything. So when it comes to trusting yourself, what are some things that have helped you to develop that? Yeah, I mean, I I sound like a broken record sometimes because my deepest moments of trust have come from yoga and meditation. It's that thing I was saying about, you know, silencing the noise in your head so that you can connect to the most courageous, fearless, wisest part of yourself. That voice that tells you the truth that you already know, but sometimes you can't hear it, which is everything's going to be fine. There's no reason to worry. You can do this. Don't be afraid. Go for it. You know, those things that we know at times in our lives, but often forget, those little pep talks, those little moments of everything's fine, all the soothing, wisest phrases that we want to hear, and trust is a big one. And the moments when I think we connect to that is when we become still and just connect to that wisdom. And so... There are many different ways to do it, many different ways to connect to that beautiful, calm place within. Sometimes it's through art or writing something that's creative. Sometimes it's going into nature. Sometimes it's just simply being where you are, closing your eyes, taking a deep breath, doing a little bit of meditation. Sometimes it's free movement. Often it's spending time with people who love you and see you and celebrate you. So spending time in your community, a lot of those things build trust, I think. Yeah. Yesterday, I found a baby snake under a rock, and I'd never seen a baby snake before. Okay. It was the size of my thumb. Oh, wow. And then I went to a new place on my property that I had never had a chance to explore before because the bush was so high. And now that it's fall, the leaves have fallen, all the weeds have kind of died away. I can actually walk the whole property for the first time. And I found this new rock and there's all these like baby waterfalls. And I sat on this huge tree with yellow leaves. 
and it was just so cool. And, you know, it's easy for me to do and say when I live in on 12 acres of pristine nature on a mountaintop, and I'm already getting a little nervous because this week we're about to go to Argentina and be in Buenos Aires and other big cities along the way. And I don't know how I'm going to keep up this connection, even though I spent, you know, 30 years of my life in big cities. I'm still a little nervous because now I feel so used to this serene way of living. And that makes me wonder, what are some of the things you can recommend to me, to anyone listening, for creating the practices of sitting down, whether that's yoga or meditation or movement or taking deeper breaths? What are some actionable things that everyone can do to just infuse a little bit more of that presence into our daily lives, whether you live in nature or in a big city or, I don't know, in a bungalow? Very good question. So first of all, I just wanted to say, so we were talking about all these beautiful calming things that you can do. And then you're like, yeah, yesterday I found a snake under a rock. (laughs) I was like, what? Some people would find that so scary. And you were just like, I know what you mean about all these peaceful things. Like yesterday I found a baby snake under a rock. And I was like waiting for you to start laughing. But I know you love snakes. I know how that must have been a calming moment for you. So for you specifically now, before you go off and travel, you're feeling so close to nature and your beautiful land that you have. For you, I would suggest, like, first of all, take something from your land with you, a little a little reminder. So next time you're sitting out at the rocks and the waterfalls and the yellow leaves, do a little sensory check. So sit there and go, you know, what am I smelling? And take that smell in, take it in so much and store it somewhere in your body. And then go like, what am I feeling? What is the temperature on my skin? And take that thermal reading, really take it in and store it somewhere in your body. And then you go, what am I hearing? Really take in all the sounds that you can hear, near, far, every little sound that you can hear. And there must be so many sounds. Take them all in. Do a little audio recording. Store it in your brain. And then do a little scan of your heart and your emotions, you know, and and, and distill that moment too and that those emotions. And then it's there. It's there for you to access whenever you're traveling. Every time you close your eyes, you go into that hard drive within, you download all those senses, and you feel them wherever you are. And maybe if it helps, you can have a little like rock or a little feather or a leaf or something that you're holding in your hand while you're taking doing this download from from nature. And then that can be like your little anchor that can just help you you know, access that memory of that nature meditation that you did. So that's one. And another one could be if you are finding yourself in Buenos Aires and it's super noisy and crazy around you, it might be nice to simply, a cheat way to connect to nature is to put on some audio of a stream or the rain or the wind and just sit with your eyes closed, plug in your earphones and just listen to those nature sounds in the middle of a pulsing city and your your body will tune into that natural rhythm and it'll go there it'll very quickly access a bit of that you know nature energy vibe just from the audio itself so those are two ways i can think of for you to to bring yourself back into your happy nature place when you're very far away from nature i love that 
I think it's not just for me, it applies to anyone. We're so busy figuring out which app to download next on our phone, but this was such a cool reminder that you can download an experience into your heart and then open it up and access it whenever you want. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. So, okay. I love that so much. I'm going to have to make my way to the rock before I leave. But as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you want to share that I haven't asked you about? There's so much that you and I could still talk about. Nothing really specific comes to mind. I think just if there's anyone out who feels very uncertain when it comes to their health or their weight or who feels very like uncertain and like they have no control over their body or their health, I just want to remind them that they know much more than they realize and just put your hands on your body, put your hands on your belly and just soothe yourself and know that you are your best healer. You are your own best guide and you can find the answers you're looking for. And your body, if you listen to it, your body will help you and your body will guide you of how best to take care of it. And forget about perfection. There is no such thing. It's just every day doing something that feels nourishing to you and repeating that tomorrow and just the tiny small things that is what eventually builds big health yeah so I just want to say that if you are feeling uncertain and very scared about about what's right and what's wrong when it comes to nutrition and personal health and body weight and all that stuff I just want to say I know how you feel and you are gonna feel better and things are going to be good. You'll see, just trust yourself a little bit more and don't forget to have fun along the way. That's it. Yes. Clara, thank you so much. And just PS, this is probably my favorite of every podcast. When at the end I ask the guest, do you have anything else to share? When the person says no, this is usually their brain speaking and then, and then their heart starts speaking. And that's when the best part of the podcast comes out. Because there's no pressure. Their brain said, no, you're fine. You're good. You're complete. And then the heart just like the floodgates go open. You're so clever because that's exactly what happened. I was even sitting here like <laughs> with my eyes closed, rubbing my chest. I'm so glad this isn't video recorded because I was literally sitting with my legs crossed, rubbing my hands over my chest. <laughs> my eyes were closed as I was saying that. So you're right. Yeah. No, that came from the heart. Hashtag channeling. Yeah. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokenWired.com and also join the WokenWired podcast listener Facebook group. It's a private group where you can connect with people who are like-minded. And say hello on Instagram. Find me at Woke and Wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now. <laughs>